Malloy wouldn't appreciate it, and she might very well alienate him completely. Besides, he was right. He could take care of his son himself. Of course you can, she agreed reasonably. All I'm suggesting is that you go home and test my theory. See if Brian can hear. And if he can't, well, there are schools for the deaf in the city. I'm sure they would be happy to help you learn how to communicate with him. He pushed his plate away. He couldn't push it very far because the table was so small, but the gesture told her he was finished with her and this conversation. Too bad she wasn't finished with him. Think about it, Malloy, she tried. If Brian is only deaf, he won't need someone to take care of him for the rest of his life. He can earn his own living. He might even marry and have a family of his own, and no woman would marry a deaf cripple. Don't be so sure. She could see she'd given him enough to think about without planning Brian's future, so she let it drop. "'I've got to go,' he said, rising from his chair. "'Of course you do,' she agreed, standing also. "'Thanks for the—' He waved toward his plate, and Sarah nodded in acknowledgement. He looked ready to bolt, but before he did, she had one last request. He didn't realize it yet, but she had done him a good turn with Brian, and he would soon feel the need to repay her. Malloy, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, could you at least find out if there are any suspects in Gerda Reinhardt's death? It would mean a lot to her sister. He was still shaking his head in wonder as he disappeared through her garden gate. Sarah sat down at the back of the United German Lutheran Church on 6th Street. The crowd at Gerda Reinhardt's funeral looked pitifully small in the cavernous interior. Gerda's sister Agnes was still in bed on Sarah's orders, and the rest of her family was still in Germany and probably didn't even yet know of her death. A few of Agnes's friends and neighbors had come, and a small group of young women who must have known Gerda were sitting on the other side of the church. At the very last moment, just before the minister took his place in the pulpit, a young man Sarah recognized as Lars Otto, Agnes's husband, came in. He wore an ill-fitting black suit, probably borrowed for the occasion, and his sandy brown hair had been slicked down with an abundance of hair tonic. He walked stiffly down the aisle, his lanky frame all knees and elbows, carrying his hat clutched tightly in both hands. He seated himself with obvious reluctance at the front of the church, took out a handkerchief, and mopped the sweat from his face. The weather had cooled considerably today, but Mr. Otto was under a lot of strain. Sarah could sympathize with him, Burying his sister-in-law would be an ordeal under the best of circumstances. Gerda, however, had not simply died an untimely death. She had been murdered under scandalous circumstances. The shame and embarrassment the family must feel would be considerable. Added to their grief, the burden must be great indeed. Lars hung his head, not even glancing at the closed casket that sat only a few feet away from him. The minister took his place and began reciting the appropriate scriptures, the ones that offered hope to the bereaved. Sarah wondered how much hope they would offer in this case. Most people believed Gerda had only gotten what she deserved. Could a girl as sinful as Gerda was rumored to be really be expected to walk the streets of gold? As she mulled over those questions, Sarah glanced at the group of young women who had known Gerda in life, girls who must be much like her. They stared straight ahead, apparently hanging on the minister's words, their young faces stricken beneath the layers of heavily applied makeup. Their cheap finery looked out of place in the solemn surroundings.
like peacocks in a chicken coop. Gaudy and tasteless peacocks, too. Sarah wished for organ music to drown the oppressive silence, but the autos wouldn't waste money on an organist for this occasion. From Lars Otto's expression, he would not have wasted money on any of this, except that common decency demanded at least the minimum of ceremony, even for a girl as undeserving as Gerda. A girl so thoughtless as to get herself murdered. The service was not a moment longer than necessary. The minister seemed aware that he should waste no time in committing this girl to the ground, and before Sarah knew it, he was pronouncing the benediction. She waited a moment, expecting some pallbearers to come forward to carry the casket out, but no one did. Instead, Lars Otto made his way out of the pew and started down the aisle. There was to be no graveside service, which would have required a hearse and more expense. Gerda's remains would be carried to the cemetery in the gravedigger's wagon and deposited.